The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And James Ellsworth is back on Talk is Jericho, coming full circle. He uh, he started on Talk is Jericho before he was signed with the WWE. Now his run with the WWE is over, and he's back on Talk is Jericho after an incredible 16 months. I mean, who would have ever thunk it? James uh, went far and beyond what anybody would have predicted for him, except for himself. He's here to tell his story. We're going to hear all the details about how he finally got signed, what it was like working with Carmella, how they became close friends, uh, the controversial women's division Money in the Bank match, the finish for that where James screwed everything up. He's also talking about working with AJ Styles. He had more world title shots last year than I did. Think about that. Getting in the ring with John Cena and how and when he got the news that he'd been released from the WWE and he's not happy about it. He wants more of a chance. He's going to get it, I'm sure. But don't worry, James Ellsworth is already booked up on the indie scene. You're going to hear where he'll be, how you can see him. James ain't finished. He's just getting started. So let's do it. James Ellsworth comes full circle on Talk is Jericho starting now. Okay, so we're here with uh, with uh, my old friend James Ellsworth, and you just uh, we're in Tampa, and you just drove down from Baltimore. You said, "Yep, fourteen hours straight, straight through." And what yes. time did you leave at? Uh, Three o'clock yesterday afternoon. Got here at like five in the morning. So, what did you do when you got here at five in the morning? Uh, I tried to sleep, but I guess after a ride like that, you're just happy to be at the hotel and get a shower. Okay, so you went to hotel yeah, though. Yeah, okay, good, hotel. good, good. Yeah, so it's like it's just kind of a, you get your family down here, and uh, yeah. so it, you said you like to take these long road trips, like this little drive. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I've been doing it for 15 years now, just driving everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm just used to it, and I like it. Now these days, you can put a podcast on, like we're doing right now. Right. It's just, it takes the time right away. Well, and it's funny because that's kind of how we met each other, and became friends. Was on the first time you did my podcast, mm-hmm. which seems like it was a lifetime ago. You probably remember better than I was. When was that? That was. Yes. 2016? 2016, and it had to be September. Okay, so, okay, because this was right after you did the, the big squash match with Braun Strowman, which really yes. kind of put you on the map. And I was, I even text Vince and kind of being a crusader, like, you got to hire this guy. He's got an interesting <laughs> look, and he's pretty good. And next thing you know, bam, you actually get hired. And it's kind of a huge, I thought it was a huge deal that, that they brought you in, considering, like we talked about before, your look isn't exactly the most uh, standard for professional right. wrestling, uh, size-wise. But there was something about you that obviously stood out enough for the company to bring you in. 
Right, and um, up until the day I got signed, I never thought it was going to happen. Even after the Braun Strowman thing, even after coming in a few times and working with AJ, because when I was working with AJ, I still wasn't signed yet. Like, really? Yeah. They signed me at the Survivor Series of 2016 when the contract became official. Okay, so we'll, we'll get to that because obviously now you, you, you were released a few weeks ago, whatever it was, yeah. and I know it really bums you out, man, and I know there's two ways to think about it, and there's... Obviously, the fact that you got released, which sucks, but there's also the fact that you had almost two years. Yeah, it's sixteen month run. I mean, that's yeah. pretty crazy for a guy. Like I said, if I stood a hundred guys up against the wall and said, you know, which one of these guys is a wrestler, you might finish in ninety eighth or ninety ninth place. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, how do you feel I mean, now that it's been a couple of weeks since you got since you got the release? How how has it uh, stuck with you? Ah, like. I'm appreciative of all the opportunities I got. I had a blast. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Uh, Glass is kind of half full because I'm not content. I mean, I had a great, like, I I did a lot of cool stuff there. I'm sure we're going to get into it. But am I content with the run? No. Like, I would have liked to have done more. And hopefully in the future I'll get to do more. But I'm very... Like I, I had so much fun. Well, I mean, and you did a great job. And like I said, like I, it's for me on the outside looking in, and we've always been honest about this. I, excuse me, I thought that you had a hell of a run because of the fact that you were always doing something. It wasn't like and we've talked about this. It wasn't like you were ever really off TV until the day you were released. You're basically mm-hmm. on every week doing something. Even to the point of, like I said, you had more world title shots <laughs> in 2016 than I did, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, there you go. And it's such a, it, do you see that? I mean, obviously, you're you, you're very humble, you're also very driven. But do you see it as almost kind of like this Rudy Cinderella story coming true? Or did you kind of just see it like, it's just kind of the way it went and it was my job to make it work? And, and, and you know, how did they, how'd you feel about all that? Uh, well, I never saw the movie Rudy until I was at WWE sign. Everybody's like, you got to see it. This is you. And I saw one back and watched it. And it, like, it, it does remind you of that and everything. But Rudy's the story about a guy who against all odds makes the football team Notre Dame, yeah. Notre Dame and plays. And he's not, you know, he's, he's not, he doesn't look like a football player, right. but there's something about him that gets him on. There's his heart. You've got the heart, right? Like, and th- this might be a good analogy. If you have a picture of a football team like the 2016 Ravens or the 2017 Ravens, you got all these big guys, but there's a small guy in that picture. He's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. He's going to stick out. Like you got all these big guys, you're like, "What's that small guy doing there? Why is he on the team?" He's on the team for a reason. So I I, I want to see what he can do cuz he's he, this little guy made this team with all these big guys. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel and obviously knowing that like you know Vince McMahon is a big Guy, I mean, he's a big guy. He likes mm-hmm. bodybuilder guys. He likes big guys. The WWE is a big man's company. Right. What do you think it was that got you signed in the first place to have such a good shot, good position? Uh, um, well, the Braun Strowman thing. I I think he just liked the facial expressions and the way I cut the promo. Like I was like, like I I was scared of Strowman, but I was still gonna fight him and give him a try. And the, just the way it came off, like initially, I think that's what stuck out to him, and that's why I think he. Told me good job that day. Mm-hmm. It's just, just that those little things, the facial expressions. Those. But there's a lot of guys that do that though, because mm-hmm. they, 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 it, it wasn't like they brought you back the next week. Right. It took a couple weeks or maybe even a month or so for you to get another shot. Right. Right. Yeah. It was six weeks. <laughs> six weeks after the Strowman thing, I came back, um, made my first appearance on SmackDown. I, I think a lot of it was the look too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. To me, and just my my opinion, like I don't think 
Without the promo, I don't think it would have happened. If I would have just got squashed, I agree. Yeah, like that's what that's what stood out to me that first night that we that we met. I actually, wrote about it in my book about how I just saw you standing around and thought, "Who the hell is this guy? He doesn't <laughs> have a chance." And then actually seeing you work and hearing your promo, I was like this guy knows what he's doing. And it's actually really good. You knew what your your role was, right? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like I always knew my role there. Always like the, <laughs> people ask me all the time, "Man, that stuff they say about you on commentary doesn't that bother you?" I'm like, "No, I know what I am. Like mm-hmm. every circus needs its clown. That's what I'm." <laughs> yeah, and I, I understood it the whole time I was there, and. I don't know, like, if I got too comfortable in it or, like, I was always told, like, good job and everything to me was going well. So, like, but stuff like that, like, I, I got it, I, I think. Like, I knew that was my role. I was the clown. I was the little guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I got the, the, the mascot, like, when you were the mascot of the Survivor right. Series. It's funny because <laughs> someone just sent me that the other day when we, uh, I was like, and what the hell are you? Is there a lost child at ringside? <laughs> yeah, the parents come pick her up. I put you on the list. You know what happens when you're a weird looking guy? Like, it's <laughs> so ridiculous, right? Did you ever have any conversations with Vince during your time working there? Um, yeah. So when I was. When Carmel and I first got put together, which was her idea, I always bring that up. It was totally her idea. Mm. She went to Vince and said, "Hey, I have this idea of putting Ellsworth with me, and like I'm seducing him and to help me win matches, like you know, manipulating mm-hmm. him." And that was her idea initially, and he loved the idea. So I think it was like the week before WrestleMania, he pulled her and I into the office and just told us what he wanted out of it. Like, and so that was like the first real like extended conversation I had with them. Sort of nerve wracking. Were <laughs> <laughs> you scared? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, nervous. Mm-hmm. Like I never try to be scared, but like <laughs> right, sure, sure. yeah, nervous. I got I got scared one time there, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But I was very nervous. But once he told us what he needed out of it, I I remember just telling him like very confidently. I was like, I promise you, we will make this work. And what what did he want out of it? He just he wanted heat for Carmella. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that's what he wanted. He wanted Carmella to be uh, a heel in the women's division because it's very hard for girls to be heels. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but, like, she's a pretty girl. Right. She looks cool. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to boo her. So you put me with her, and I'm helping her win matches, and I'm this little guy that should never be hanging out with this hot chick. Right, <laughs> like, right. and that's, that's the heat right there. Yeah. And she's using you, and then and when she put you, like, on a dog collar at one point? Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, towards <laughs> the end. So it was interesting to me that they didn't finish up that program before they decided to have you go. Like, because she still has the briefcase. And right. I always kind of thought, well, the obvious thing is that Ellsworth will cause that to happen. Well, yeah, like, I think, like I said earlier, um, I think I got too comfortable, man. Like, when the dog leash thing happened, like, I don't, dude, I don't mind doing anything on TV mm-hmm. at all. Like, I know it's a show. Sure. It's it, So when, when it first happened, like, I, I went to somebody and I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't think people are going to look at it and go, man, she's treating them like crap. And plus, I had, be, like, I turned into this big heel after Money in the Bank. Like, people, like, after I was, What did you do at Money in the Bank? At Money in the Bank, the um, Women's Money in the Bank match. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i the one that climbed the ladder and grabbed the Money in the Bank and just handed, handed it, it to, to right. Carmella, which is great heat. I ruined the first Women's Money in the Bank match. Which <laughs> they were so mad at you, too. I they? loved it, man. All the, like, all the smarts were mad at you. I remember thinking ab- that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, like, I loved having that heat because my mm-hmm. job was to be a heel. And I had, right there, I had the heat. I was like, man, I just right. run with this. Right, right. <laughs> like, sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, when, like, the leash thing started happening, I'm like, and this is taking away. Like, it's supposed to get her heat. She's, like, walking me around on the leash. But, but to me, by then, like, I was a heel. And people are like, that's what he deserves. He deserves mm-hmm. it. So I didn't, like, I think I got too comfortable. I was like, ah, guys, I don't know if this is going to work. And maybe that's not my place to tell him that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just, just what I'm thinking. I have no clue what happened. Just What were you told when you were let go? I was called. And it shocked me. So we did the 16-day tour. 
and the UK. I had a match on TV with Becky Lynch that what well Vince liked that. He complimented Becky and I on the match. Like, it was entertaining and fun. And then, like, we did SmackDown. We came back to the States, did SmackDown. I was, like, on SmackDown in the background while Shane was doing a speech. So nothing seemed out the ordinary. I was on TV. I come home. I'm sitting there with my daughter. I didn't see my daughter in 16 days, my, my little daughter, the two-year-old. And, you know, I get the text, like, hey, can you can you give us a call? And I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I forgot something, or he needs to tell me something, or maybe they're mad at me about something. Is that something. Corona or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, um, I have some news for you. And as soon as he said that, my heart dropped. Yes. And I'm like, uh, is it what I think it is? Because when when he says that, you know, and yeah. And I like Mark. He's he was great to me when I was there, and it, that's got to be a hard job. Sure, that <laughs> job you're, you're, has to. You're, you're the executioner, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and he's just like, uh, well, they decided to let you go for now, and I'm like, huh? Like, mm. well, why? And he's just like, well, you know, I think they felt like it ran its course for now, and I'm mm-hmm. like, and to me, I'm like, well. And I, like I start spitting out ideas, I'm like, "Well, can I go to 205 Live yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the, she still has the briefcase?" Like, like, like that's my first initial reaction. It's like, no, there's so much more left I can do, and I and I still feel that way. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I still feel like there was so much more I had left to do, and and I'm not bitter about it. Like I'm no, I understand. so yeah, of course, so appreciative of the run. I had like again, I had so much fun. I got to do stuff I never thought I would ever do in my life. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was. Glasses half full, and I I really don't know the reason. I I my like, like I, I, this is the third time I said it. I think I think I got too comfortable like when and started going, hey, this idea like just saying mm-hmm. stuff like that, and they're probably like, what, what's this kid getting but, ahead but, or something? But it's one of those things, dude. It's like you always look at excuses of what you did wrong, but the the, the being in this business for twenty seven mm-hmm. years and being straight shooter, once again, you. Far overachieved what probably anybody, right. maybe even yourself, even thought. I bet you yeah. even Vince, too, who probably thought, I'll bring him in and see what happens. But then, like you said, you worked with AJ. I remember how excited you were. I think we were in Glasgow when yes. you got signed. Yes. Right? Yeah, or perfect. You had just yeah. gotten signed. That day is when they offered me the contract. Right. Glasgow. Yeah, so it's cool. You remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. But, but, like, just, and this is not to, to make, try and make you feel better, but the business of wrestling is there's characters that come and go and there's shelf life. And for Vince, he probably thought, there isn't anything more I can do with this guy, and he's done so much better than I ever expected. Meanwhile, you're thinking, but I could have done this, right. I could have done that. And so, so I don't think it's anything personal where you have to think, if I only hadn't have gotten too comfortable, if I only hadn't have said that. I don't think it's that at all. It's, right. it's just the cold, hard facts of the wrestling businesses. There's certain characters that come and go. You know, they let the Godfather go. After, right. you know, he probably thought, there's so much more I can do with this character. And Vince thought, no, for what I needed out of this guy, it's time to move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit cold when you're talking about personal and, and you know, we're here as two guys and friends and family stuff. It doesn't look out of that way. We're like, we're like soldiers in a, in, a, in a field. And this soldier goes to this battle and that soldier right. goes to that battle. And some of them make it, some of them don't. But the general just thinks, do we win the war? And it's kind of cold, but you know this business, dude. You've oh, been around yeah. for a long time. So my advice would be don't feel like it was something that I did because I really don't think it was. I think it's what you did that kept you there for 16 months. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think if you hadn't done such a good job, you might not have lasted that long. Right. Yeah, like I, Initially, when they brought me in for the Dean Ambrose-AJ thing, that was supposed to be for that program. Mm-hmm. They told me this. Like, 
You're coming in. You're doing. Well, let's this. talk about that. Let's go back to that. So, so, okay. so, you, so you did the Strowman thing. I think you did some stuff with Miz or something. Yeah, he um, beat me up. I was supposed to tag with AJ. They brought like Daniel Bryan, made me AJ's partner. I was supposed to face John Cena and Dean Ambrose. So like he's like AJ, and they're gonna stack the odds against yes. you by putting you with James Ellsworth. And, and the like, Miz came out, beat me up on the stage, and then the Miz uh, winded up being AJ's partner. So okay. that was September. And then a month, and then I didn't get a call for a month after that. Sub so sitting around like. What's going on? Like, I, I, they had to be paying attention to the internet stuff. They always mm-hmm. say, "Oh, that wasn't it." But after the Strowman thing, my face was all over the internet, and they called me back. It had like, well, I, let, me, let me let me go to this. Okay, let's let's go back in time for pretend that it was like the Twilight Zone. I've right. got a stopwatch or a DeLorean, <laughs> you know. And, and Doc Brown comes, and we go. Uh, let's say we go back in time to that moment where where you're sitting at home and no one's called you. If I said to you, okay, they're going to call you and they're going to give you a contract and it's going to last for 16 months, what would you have said? Oh, I, I would have been ecstatic, of course. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, but wrestlers are never of content. Course, and that's good. And that's <laughs> right. the way it should be. I'm the same way. Oh, you, yeah. I'm the same way. But but so, so so they call you after a month. So, well, uh, or maybe the, not. the story is crazy. So okay, after the Strowman it. thing, that was July 25th, 2016. Mm-hmm. So... Couple weeks later, I get an email. Hey, there's an idea for you for SummerSlam, hmm. and I'm like, SummerSlam. He's like, Yeah, and you, it's Barclays Center, and you know, <laughs> you could drive there to, from Baltimore to Barclays. It's three hours. So I'm like, Cool. So I'm thinking I'm going to be a part of SummerSlam for like two weeks. Right. Two weeks go by. I get that email. Hey, you know, the Friday before SummerSlam, they're like, Hey, uh, creative change. We don't have anything for you for SummerSlam. Hopefully, we, we'll call you soon. I found out what happened months after that, of what, what the SummerSlam thing was supposed to be. What was it? When Heath Slater, remember when Heath Slater, he didn't get drafted by Raw or SmackDown, and he was a free agent, he's trying to get a contract out on both? Yeah. So the idea, from what I hear, was he was supposed to come out at SummerSlam demanding Daniel Bryan, I want a contract, and Daniel Bryan's trying to make it easy for him. All right, I'll give you a SmackDown contract. All you have to do is beat this guy, and it was me. <laughs> and then the idea was I was supposed to go over, and I was supposed to win the contract. <laughs> but what happened was Slater winded up uh, getting babyface reactions before then. Like it was getting like he was getting over his babyface doing that angle. So they they didn't want to do like if they ever did anything for me uh, at first. They wanted me to be a babyface. Right. So like I was like, man, I almost had a SummerSlam match with like Heath Slater. It would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so what, how, so then what ended up happening then? So nothing happened at SummerSlam. I, I'm uh, I guess September. I get an email from John Coon. Hey, uh, we're gonna you know bring you in um, for Raw and SmackDown, and we're gonna try to like creative's gonna try to fit you into one of the shows. Was that in Baltimore? Or? Yes, Baltimore is where we did the that's first where we did our podcast. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I think there was that was three days because the, the day before was a pay per view for SmackDown. Okay, so I was there just as, as an extra talent again yeah, uh, yeah. for the three days, and SmackDowns when the Miz thing happened, where he beat me up on the ramp, and then a month went by, and they called me, "Hey, fl- we're flying you to California for SmackDown," and this this is, and like I said earlier, I got scared about one thing, mm-hmm. and it's a good story in this. Uh, so when, when I'm flying to SmackDown, I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be me and the Miz. He beat me up a month ago. Nobody told me anything. I'm just this is just what's in my head. I'm like, he beat me up a month ago, and now I'm going to try to come back and fight the Miz. And like, so I'm on YouTube on the plane watching Miz matches. I've seen him <laughs> wrestle a million times. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's a great performer and very easy to work with from the looks of it. And so I'm watching Miz after Miz match after Miz match after Miz match, and I I get the TV. And it was Adam Pierce, who I love. I love Adam Pierce. He comes up to me. He's like, what if I told you? You were pinning the world champion tonight. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. He goes, 
I wouldn't lie to you, brother. And he walked away, and I didn't believe him. I was just like, and did you know him from back in the day? Or? I I saw, and I never really knew him. Knew mm. him. I saw him at some indies. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, so you had a little bit of an indie connection. Yeah, least, yeah. Right? But like, what? Never really knew him. Gotcha. And so I bet catering, and AJ comes up to me. He's like, ha ha, me and you tonight, brother. And I'm like, is it? like I I didn't believe him either. I was just like, they're all ribbing me. This this is funny. They all yeah. just uh, like rib the new guy kind of mm. thing. So then. The, then the creative guys come up to you. Hey, it's you and AJ. You know, Ambrose is going to be the referee, and you know it's it's like. And then you're going to go over on him because Ambrose is going to beat him up, and obviously he's going to make you tap before he's going to. Is there where Ambrose foot. is in the crowd, like taking selfies, and yeah, eating popcorn, and he's just walking around, yeah. and not paying attention. So I te- like honestly, I never get scared. As soon as they said I was wrestling AJ, who I have so much respect for, an indie guy like me, AJ Styles is the guy. He's like the. You know, so the indie guys like the, the right. guy. Yeah, yeah. So I just like get so scared. Like, uh, like we're in the ring practicing everything. Like, and I'm just like just scared. <laughs> like, just scared to death. And I never get scared of, of anything. Like, and what, so was the, what was the story of the match? The story of the match is um, AJ brings me out to get an easy, uh, easy win. AJ was a heel at the time. Yes, yeah. he was a heel at the time. He brings me out. He just won. Uh, yeah, he just won the night off. He just beat John Cena and Ambrose in a three way at the pay per view. So he's like, "Oh, I'm taking the night off. I'm you know beat somebody easy." And he he brings me out. Daniel Bryan comes out as the general manager and says, "Oh, okay. I like James Ellsworth. You want, you want to face John, James Ellsworth? Great. I like your idea. But Dean Ambrose is the special referee. <laughs> so then you knew like, oh, well, something's gonna happen, right? And then, but yeah, dude, I, dude, honestly, and I don't, I do not care about meeting this. I was so scared, and that was the one time. Like I was, I get nervous before every match. It doesn't matter if it's a WWE or an yeah. indie show. Like that was the one time I was just so scared, and it, and and almost cost me. So in practice, he's hit me with the Styles Clash, which is a da- right. Yeah, it's a dangerous maneuver, and, and I haven't even I've never talked about this. I it think. can be, but it doesn't. It, but it's, it's easy. Not. It's yes, so easy. it's easy. So in practice, he hit me with it. Fine. Did it. So I'm in the match, you know, you're wrestling the WWE champion, you're, you just wrestled in front of 100 people in Delaware two days, three <laughs> days before, so you're wrestling the WWE champion, a guy who you have so much respect for, a guy you look up to, and you're wrestling him, and, it, and the match is going fine, it's easy, it's just goofy little spots, and it's going fine, it's going fine, and he picks me up for that, man. And at first I'm fine, and then I just like freak out. I'm like, what's he doing? What's going on? And then he and then he saves my life. Like he made sure that yeah, I didn't. You, you did this thing you shouldn't yeah, do. Yeah, you which is, tuck your you chin. Tuck your chin. That's what you did <laughs> not do. <laughs> that yeah. funny word, chin. Yeah. Which, <laughs> tuck your chin. I've, How can you even do that? Right. So maybe that's why I'm not hurt because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. So like yeah, like uh, being a wrestler for those who might maybe listening don't know from day one of wrestling school. Tuck your chin. Tuck your chin. Tuck your chin. Tuck your chin. And. I had taken it into practice, and, and it's easy. AJ even tells you, just you do nothing. I pick you up, you don't move. Just look straight forward, yeah. And and you do, so, and he, he did, and, and AJ, and uh, there's this thing on YouTube, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's, called, it's the Seven Deadly Styles Clashes. Oh. There's like, uh, so many people messing, the like. Lionheart, and there was, uh, what's that kid, like, the Japanese kid? Yeah, like, and then like Steven Richards, and oh, Frankie yeah, yeah. Kazarian, all these talented guys that have loved, and you know it's because that's embedded in your head it's all your chin but like aj the way he explains it to you it's so comfortable like it's just like dude don't do anything just don't move and mm-hmm. all, and and it is the easiest thing to take so uh, and the lesson we learned is you can't be scared man like you can't because it, it'll mess so you what up you're saying like, is you started to tuck your chin how did aj save you i like he i 
I don't know. <laughs> but whatever he did, I think he maybe put a knee down before he. Yeah, yeah, something along those so, lines. So, like a month later, um, he, he gave it to me off the stairs onto the floor. And we practiced it a couple times that day. But by then, I was so comfortable with mm-hmm. him and so, like, not scared at all. Like, it, it, that was, I took it off the steps onto the floor, which, you know, like, and it was, I didn't tuck my chin and it was mm-hmm. easy and it was fine. And, it, like, it's I, an easy bump. It's so easy. It's yeah. so funny because I don't know if you know the story, but I'm the one who got that unbanned in the WWE. I heard something. Yeah, yeah because of, of the reputation of it, because some guys had gotten hurt yeah. and, and they banned it. And so when I was working with AJ right when he came in, it was like, is this banned or not? It's kind of unsaid. So I thought, well, I'll start having them use it, but just won't call it's it. It's such a cool move. Yeah. Like, it's different. And so man. easy. And it, we just won't call it the Styles Clash. And then uh, he used it a few times. And I went to Vince one night. And I was like, hey, remember that move that AJ did yesterday in, in I think, WrestleMania? That one where it's like a pile driver, but he falls first. Like, oh, yeah, it's a great move. Yeah. I said, Why don't we use that as a finish tonight? It's kind of an extra thing in his arsenal. It looks cool. Mm. Easy easy bump to take. Yeah, it's very easy. Let's do it. And the secret was I never called it the Styles Clash. Because <laughs> that was the, the, the taboo word. If I would have said, uh, he's got this move called the Styles Clash. Nope. He's got this move where he pile drives you on your face. I love it. Let's do it. And that's kind of how it came into fruition because right. of that. So yeah. you almost screwed it all up. Elsewhere. Yeah, I almost messed it up for everybody. I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I got to take it again and take it right. Because right. the way I am, man, like I care so much about doing a good job. Yeah. Like, and that's with anything, not just wrestling, anything I, as a father, as you know, if I'm doing a, another job, like I, I'm like, I need You've to got do pride it. in yourself. Yeah. So I, for a month, I was so mad at myself, and I'm on TV every week having the time of my life, but that's all I could think about. And then finally, when he gave it to me off the steps and, and I took it right, then I was fine. Like, yeah. it, 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 like I, could, it, I couldn't get past it until I took it again. Until you got out of your own head, right? Yeah, so. So, so how did that storyline continue along then? Well, how, how did it end up going where you were facing AJ for the title? Well, you face him for the title with Ambrose as the ref. No, that wasn't for the title. Okay. Uh, that, was non, that was non-title. So Ambrose winds up hitting him with two dirty deeds and puts me on top of him. Quick count after I already tapped out to the calf crusher. Already, he was looking at his watch or something. Yeah, like and I already I took that deadly styles clash and he had me <laughs> pinned. But then he, you know, he didn't count the three yeah. and all. Like, just a real, like, you know, <laughs> one of those. Comedy of errors, yeah. Yeah, yeah comedy error type win. So. Uh, talking Smack, which I miss Talking Smack. That show, it was and, and, and so tell me, cool. tell me the concept of what that was. What Talking Smack? Mm-hmm. So it it would air after SmackDown on the WWE Network, and Daniel Bryan, <laughs> I can't say his name without laughing because he's so funny, and Renee Young, who's awesome. Um, they would just have a show, and like us as talent would go on it. And we wouldn't have a script or any like we would go in there and we would talk about the storyline we were doing and use our own words. And Daniel Bryan, he was out of control. He right? would yeah. just—I think it. I, I hate to blame him for it not being around, but he would just say what he wanted, and that's what made the show great, right. though, because it was unscripted yeah. promos and just saying whatever the hell you wanted to say. And, and people knew Daniel Bryan. That's like what he was saying. That's how he felt. And, yeah. and, and that made and Renee's so great at what she does. Like that's who to. It, it was just such an awesome show. We had one of those after Hell in the Cell. But it was like raw live talk, same thing. Yeah. And uh, I put every single person in the studio on the list. It was like 12 <laughs> people. It was just, I went out I was like, you just made the list. Oh, yeah, cameraman, you just made the list. Oh, Cesaro hanging over there in the corner. You just made And it's, you could just have fun with it. It was, it was a good time. Oh, yeah. You know? It was so fun. So after that match, the initial match with AJ, the non-title one with Ambrose, the ref, I was on Talking Smack and... <laughs> I didn't even know this. Like, Radle talking smack. Data Bride's like, James Ellsworth's going to get a WWE title shot next week on SmackDown Live. And I, I'm fighting this out 
as I'm sitting there. <laughs> and I'm like, so after it was done, I was like, did he just make that up? Or like, they're like, no, that's a real thing. Like, we wouldn't let him say that unless. And I'm like, so I, you know, I reacted like that was a very real reaction where I was like, whoa, no, really? Like, <laughs> like, thank you. you know? So then the week uh, later, we had the title match where Ambrose was a special ring announcer, timekeeper. He, he could be everything but the special referee. Yeah. And so we had the match, and uh, that match was so fun, the, the title match. Like, because when we went to break, AJ started, like, you know, when you go to break, like, usually it's, what, rest hold, and people are chilling out and hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So we go to break, man, I'll never forget this. AJ's like, all right, Ellsworth, let's see what you got. And he starts running spots with me, like, on the break. I'm like, <laughs> it was so cool, The exact man. opposite yeah. of what you should do, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we have the match um, for the title, and Ambrose is antagonizing him the whole time on the microphone, and... And I wind up slipping that no chin music as uh, David Otunga coined it. <laughs> you just uh, said that live, no yeah, chin music, yeah, and it became my <laughs> you know, super kick. No chin music. So then I get a two and a half count on the WWE champion, and you know, like that, that was such a cool moment. Uh, obviously, for me, who like four months earlier is just wrestling. And, you know what's funny too is I remember all this because I never watched wrestling and, and never mind the other show because I was on Raw at the time mm-hmm. but I always tuned in to watch your stuff just to see how you would do right, and yeah. I remember even my wife like what are you watching wrestling for? I'm like I'm watching this guy Ellsworth you know he's, he's and then like, I remember my kids were like we feel bad for him I'm like no like watch he's going to do good and just to kind of see like how you're like actually really doing good and I was like yeah man I was like you got to give this guy a contract I remember texting Dave Kapoor you guys got to sign Ellsworth look at this guy you so, know what he's doing so uh the wwe title match again like i wasn't signed yet i'm wrestling for the wwe title and i'm not signed that could be a first ever so i pinned and you know per se with ambrose Uh, i pinned the wwe champion the week before without having a contract (laughs) it's like the craziest (laughs) thing so we do that match and you know ambrose is antagonizing the whole time that the finish is he has me in the corner and he's just beating the crap out of me and Ambrose is like, oh man, Ellsworth can take more than that. That's all you got, AJ. You know, Ellsworth can take more than that. He keeps hitting me, keeps hitting me, and gets himself disqualified in the corner. So I win again, <laughs> and um, so that's where the storyline went from there. And then, like, I think the two weeks after that, Ambrose had a number one contenders match for himself against. If he beats AJ, he gets a title shot. So that was the next week, and I. Um, during the match, AJ, I think baseball slid me on the floor or drop kicked me through the ropes on the floor. So he gets back in the ring, does some stuff with Ambrose, gets tossed. To the, he gets tossed to the floor, AJ, and I'm selling up and I see him and boom, hit him with the no chin music and get Ambrose disqualified. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like crying because I, I got my buddy disqualified. <laughs> and, and I loved, uh, and I have to say this, Ambrose and I, like, that was the most fun I've ever had in the business. Him and I just, Coming off each he, other. He's great, man. It, it was like, I was two crazy characters. He's like tough guy crazy, and he's a lunatic. And me, I'm just a dumbass, <laughs> like dumb crazy, <laughs> stupid. Like So we're both crazy in our own way. It's it, I can see him, like, I can see him like, yeah, you know, it's uh, be pretty funny if you like uh, super kick me. That might be good. Is that kind of smile. Well, yeah, yeah. So that it's funny. We're we were doing our first, our, our second backstage together, and he's telling, uh, like, um, Ryan Ward, I think, and he's like, man, this thing with Ellsworth, you know, we, we, we got this, like, 
on-screen chemistry. I think we need to keep it going. Just like, yeah, like how you're talking. And the thing is, was everybody like treating you cool? Like AJ and Ambrose are all in on it? So cool. Like AJ Styles is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like almost too nice to be in the wrestling (laughs) business and be successful. He 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 never cusses. No, oh, ever. He, yeah, he says freaker. Free, free. <laughs> and here's what he says too. Come here, you. I, I'll go. I'll go pick. Come here, you. I'll pick you. I'll give you a freaking body slam. Come here, you. I'll put you on the top rope. Come here, you. Yeah. I'll give you a freaking drop kick off the top rope. Come here, you. Yeah, he said that's how he sounds. Uh, he's so, <laughs> and, and man, he does like no harm. He comes to the shows. He plays his video games. Yeah. And he like that's it. And man. he works very hard. Yeah. And, like, I love. But it. see, they, they would understand that this is a certain element here that you don't get every day because yeah. once again, you're a very unique character. There's not a lot of I mean, you know those big guys and, and medium size, but guy like you that's something you can play off of and have fun mm-hmm. with that you know it's like when i had like the ralphus character oh, like, both Ralph. you know it's like this, this, <laughs> yeah. this, you never would expect this guy to do anything but yet he's actually got this weird uh obviously so, you're a million times better than he is but he was a plumber right ralphus that was, was, no, his gimmick. No, was that his was, gimmick though he's he, a plumber he, he drove the lighting truck around and he had the plumber's crack oh, that, but okay. yeah he was just the lighting he drove the truck he was a truck driver but because he, of his look um, and People the fact still that, remember him. And he had this weird aptitude. Like, he had this weird charisma that really worked. Like they could have done a lot more with him. And like I said, obviously, you're a million times better than Ralphus, but it's the same concept of this this guy who does not look the norm, right. who has a real good presence and charisma about him, that if I was working with you, like, even when I put you in the list, I'm like, this is going to be great. Like, what a great thing I can do. This is going to be fun, you know? So, yeah, like, the, the writers would tell me, man, you're... You're the most pitched guy by talent that comes in here and pitches ideas. Hey, like we yeah. should do, like do this with me and Ellsworth. And I always, I always, I was very. I actually, very to be cool. honest with you, when you did that thing, your first was in July 25th. You said mm-hmm. I actually went to. I'm not maybe didn't go to Vince, but I pitched an idea to Kapoor because it was me and Kevin Owens were working with Enzo and uh, Big Cass. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, bring back Ellsworth and have him dress up as Enzo <laughs> and let me bring him out and beat the shit out of him. You know, I got, I got Enzo here, you know, and Ensworth. You know, but but you know they just didn't see it. At the time. Uh, they hit me up that week. Maybe it was for that. Like maybe you never know, right? Because <clears throat> yeah. there was always ideas flowing and all stuff. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a seventy yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Picture this. Rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st. 2018 from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. So what was the catalyst that finally got you this contract? Because now you're, like you said, you're in a world title program, which once again, Chris Jericho was not ever in 2016, <laughs> and I was signed as a performer. Uh, well, you, you had your not. fair share of world title <laughs> programs. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, we go to Glasgow, Scotland. And, like, I still, like, when I came in to do the Ambrose and AJ thing, I, I was told this is just for this, but... Every time I would do a backstage or a probo, like, you could, like, these guys would compliment me so well. They're like, man, like, 
give me 10 of you. Like, you're just so comfortable. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm having fun. I'm just having a blast. Like, I'm at WWE on TV every week, talking every week. Like, and still never hear anything from Vince or Triple H or anybody? Or, no, no, no. Nothing. So, so um, I kind of, like, they hit me up for uh, Glasgow to come do SmackDown. And then in the email, they, that I was supposed to just do TV. And then a couple of days before, I get an email Hey, you're on the rest of the tour. So those are live events. I hadn't done a live event up until that point. Right there, I go, wait a minute. They're, I think they're about to sign me. I think mm-hmm. this is real now. So we get to Glasgow, and as soon as I get there, Chrono pulls me in, and, and Triple H is there, and they're like, well, here, here you go, kid. Here's your deal if you want it. And I'm just like, just tears, like tears. <laughs> like it, it, Even though I kind of knew it was coming at that point, so you, you can't, like that moment, man. Like it, it's just like tears, like yeah. right away, just wow. And like then I had to go out that night. I think it was a six man when Randy was with the uh, Wyatts, mm-hmm. and um, it was him and Harper and what well, Bray against me, Kane and Ambrose, <laughs> and like, <laughs> the sh- and they told me not to tag in the backstages. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, you know, at the end when uh, after Ambrose runs his comeback and they do the double down and everybody's down, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And I tag in and to this day, that's one of the coolest crowd responses I've ever gotten. People were waiting for you. Like, and they yeah. he, he come in. I think I went to hit the kick on Bray and he pushed it away and hit me with Sister Abigail. And that, that was that, that whole day was cool. What a great day, right? <laughs> yeah, great. Like great you said, day. the culmination of all these years, you know, that you'll never forget. Like even even when I got signed to WCW, it was cool. But it wasn't the same as that first time I got offered a WWE contract. Yeah, and it was WWE, like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know. And I was a little bit further along in my career, so yeah. there were some negotiations. But just the fact, like, they want me there. Like, what a day, you know. I mean, I can just imagine your thoughts of just like, this is like the greatest day. Right, and even life. with you, they didn't want everyone from WCW. They were making their own yes, stars. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you were so different. Like, the, the NWO stuff was going on, and but you didn't need that. You yeah. were just doing... Establish your own thing, yeah. and that's why it worked, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that that's... But like I said, to me, that's the true success of, of the James Ellsworth story, the, the inspirational James Ellsworth. Like, you know, you got this WWE contract in Glasgow, Scotland, you know, and then, you know, team with Kane, these guys. Like, that's that's huge, no, man. it was I mean, crazy, yeah. Like, like, what, what was the reaction of, of the... Did you tell some of your some of your indie buds? Or, oh, yeah. yeah. I was texting them, like, dude, this is it. I'm here, like, and, there, and you know, guys that I've been riding up and down the road with for 10 years are like so happy and like and I'm, I'm sure so, even the guys you were working with like AJ and, and Ambrose were probably feeling pretty happy yeah like, like AJ pulled me aside he's like did they offer you a contract yet and I said yeah good and then uh, Bray Wyatt's like yeah Ellsworth stop dressing in that extra talent locker room <laughs> when I was working with JJ for the title I was still dressing in the extra talent locker I was I didn't want to Make anyone mad uh, yeah. about you know just walking into the WWE locker room and like, I can see you doing that though because like you know we're, we're, you're kind of in purgatory like what am I right. am I fish or fowl am I it. extra yeah, am I exactly. job guy am I talent guy like what do I do so Bray Wyatt was the one that said no you're with us now he was the one and like I I, I think when I got released I texted him and I said hey man I, you're the one that did this for me and I'll never forget that uh-huh. you know and. Yeah, and it, dude. So we'll probably talk about the release in a little bit, but everybody was so cool after that too. Yeah, yeah just, well, we can talk about it. like how how was the what was the general consensus of the WWE locker room? Well, you know, becoming like friends with a lot of them, they're all text me. They're like, dude, we didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're on TV every week. You were doing great. Like you were, you know, this Carmella thing. Like you said, it's not paid off yet. Mm-hmm. You know, she still has the briefcase. Like you're the one that grabbed it. Like that. Like a lot of them were 
are saying this briefcase basically has your face on it. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, man. Like to me, I just like, man, like that's why I think to me, I always try to blame myself. I'm like, mm-hmm. did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? And if I did, why didn't they just pull me aside and like, you know, what would ha- like it's still the not knowing sucks. <laughs> like it's yeah. just, you know, but, but like. This is not the same thing because I wasn't let go of it, but just to try and let you know kind of the stuff that, that all of us go through. Last year, uh, I'm not, I don't remember the exact time frame. Maybe it was in November, maybe. Vince said, okay, uh, WrestleMania, it's you and Kevin Owens for the world title. Mm-hmm. You're going to win the world title at WrestleMania. Like, wow, winning the world title at WrestleMania? He goes, yeah, and then you'll lose it uh, the next pay-per-view to Brock. I'm like, that's cool. That's a great way to, to – like." And for me, I'd never won the title as a babyface either, ever. It's been six times, but always wow, as a heel. Yeah, so this was kind of like, a, you know, we're not marks here, but it's a pretty cool thing. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. One week later, Survivor Series happens, Brock versus Goldberg. Bro- uh, Goldberg beats Brock in a minute. Right. And that's when Brock went, I can work with this guy. I want to work with him. I'll, I'll lose in a minute, but only if I can beat him for the title at WrestleMania. And Vince had to make a decision. What's the bigger box office? Right. You know, and obviously it was Brock and Goldberg and Chris and Kevin take back seat. Now, to me as a performer, instantly I start looking within, like, is it something I did? No, it's not. It's business. Business. Like right. we said, business is business. Mm-hmm. And I have these players, I have these action figures, and these guys will stand here and these guys will do this. And if I want to switch them, mm-hmm. I can switch them because that's what I do. So it's, it's, you're not the only guy oh, yeah. that is, everyone goes through that. You know, obviously yours is a little bit more final because you actually did, did get released. But, you know, I, I don't think it's you. Like, if you had screwed up and got released, you'd feel even worse. Or maybe you'd feel better. I don't know. <laughs> well, just knowing would make me feel better. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not bitter about it at all. Like, no, no, I, I can't be, like, bitter about, like, Dude, the, all that stuff I did, like, I never would have thought I'd done. And I had so much fun. Like, it was so great working there. Like, the guys in the locker room were so fun to be around. Guys like Luke Harper. He's just, like, nobody. Super funny. And yeah. Daniel Bryan. And, like, like just talking with, like, Fandango every day about baseball. And, like, <laughs> uh, like Dolph Ziggler and I, bit, like, towards the end there became, like, close. And, like, mm-hmm. you know. It, and then Carmelo and I, like, became like good friends like off, off we spent 11 months on tv together and doing house shows every week like we <laughs> I used, became i used to rib big cast all the time be like hey what's else with doing with your girl now? <laughs> you sure you got you've been calling her where's she at she answering the phone <laughs> so harper harper one time he was like hey man you should text big Cass and and say hey did she get home okay <laughs> yeah, like, just, just like and so the whole time man i'm like I'm super old, like kayfabe, like old lied. I I just acted dumb to it all. Like everybody knows their day. Like, but I just I didn't act like I knew anything about it. Like, what was what was the bridge there after the AJ thing, and, and then you kind of ended up turning heel with them, I believe, and you kind of ended up like his. Partner. Well, it was weird. So, um, I had one more match with AJ, where I was for if I if I win, I get a contract and a title match. Uh, another title match. <laughs> so you know, Ambrose c- comes in again and, and kind of helps me win like the match, uh, the ladder match for the uh, contract. So at TLC, it's Ambrose and AJ for the title, and I'm facing the winner. So the story goes, and it's, and it's a cool story. I don't think like a lot of like fans under. I think it was a great story, but fit to me, some of the casuals may not get it. Like the story is, I think I could beat AJ. So I screwed Ambrose. Thinking sure. I can, because I think I have AJ's number because yeah, I beat him yeah, three yeah, yeah. times, and I get the title match. Oh, it's nothing against Dean Ambrose. I, I didn't. I don't hate Dean Ambrose, but 
I want to face AJ and beat him for the title. Then I'll give Ambrose the first shot. Like, and that's the goofiness of that character. He's not <laughs> understanding what he just did to Ambrose. <laughs> right. So, and then, you know, that, like, that's not supposed to be a heel turn, but to the crowd it is. Mm-hmm. You just threw the ba- top baby face off the top of the ladder through tables. Yeah. So, from there, um, I had a ma- AJ, like, he, like, tweaked his ankle for a couple of weeks. So, I was supposed to wrestle AJ that Tuesday, but he tweaked his ankle. Um, so, every week I'd come out, like, AJ's ducking me because he knows I could beat him three times. So, then AJ and I... And Ambrose, all he did to me up until that point, he came out while his music's still playing, got in the ring, gave me the dirty deeds, and his music's still playing, he left. So far, that's all he did to me to get back at me, so far. So AJ, I think his ankle hurt for like two or three winks, and then he got cleared. And title match, I'm thinking I could beat AJ. No Ambrose. Great story, I think. So there's Mm -hmm. no Ambrose. It's me against AJ, no help. AJ beats me in like 15 seconds. Right. Which is an awesome story. Like, people, yeah. and, you know, there's some people that don't know wrestling. I were like, man, that's, that sucks. He beat you so quick. Like, no, that's a great story. Works. Like, yeah. It's I like we said, it's Ambrose. like Goldberg beating Brock in a minute. That's, yeah. That gets reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's the thing. I couldn't beat AJ without Ambrose. Mm-hmm. And that, I love that story. That whole story to me was played out so well and was written so well. I, like I tell a lot of people this, I think from July when the brand split happened until up around like January, SmackDown live was like this Special show. Before I got there, because I didn't get there until September, from July to January, it was like the angles they were doing were so good. Like Miz and Ziggler were in this program where they brought back the Speared Squad and Ziggler like put his career on line for the Intercontinental title. Like, um, it's like when, when the split happened, there was a lot of uh, motivation yeah. for the SmackDown so writers good. and the whole crew. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And like, I think Randy was like, um, was Cena was there too, right? Wasn't Cena there? Cena, no, not, not, um, Cena didn't come back until okay, gotcha. January, maybe? But when you're talking about, you mentioned being in Glasgow and stuff, did you do a lot of international tours? With, I with, did four while I was there. Did, yep. That was my first one, went to Glasgow and then... Uh, UK, did, Europe. And then we did a, the UK again in May, and then we went to Japan and China, um, I think, what was that... August or September of this year, and then I did the UK tours. It was my first loop and my last loop. <laughs> so how was that for you? Like, obviously, you know, you mentioned you know being in Delaware in front of 100 people. I don't think you had a lot of international experience, if any at all, and now you're touring the world with the WWE, just the the the, 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 the massiveness of the machine. Oh, man, like, I, I just, I appreciated all of it. Like, I would take time out, and this is what I mean about I appreciate it. Like, if I'm in a country I've never been in before, I don't care if I get one, two, three hours of sleep, I'm going to go out find something to see because I may never be here again. Mm-hmm. I, I never got to the point like where I was too comfortable like, oh, I'll be here for a while. I'll come back here. I always <laughs> yeah. thought like, this may end any day. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go, if I'm in Italy, I'm going to go see something. Or if I'm in London, I'm going to go see something. And so like, yeah, those international tours, I made sure to see the world. Like, What are some of your favorite things that you get to see? Um, <laughs> well, the coolest thing I've seen was in the U.S. Like I'm a big Alcatraz mark. Mm-hmm. So when we did SmackDown in San Francisco, I saw Alcatraz. But overseas, I saw a lot of cool things. That's it's tough because I, oh, the, I, the Robin Hood statue in Nottingham. <laughs> like that, to me, I, I love Robin Hood. Yeah. So I like, did you ever see that? Absolutely, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> There's actually a place right across the street from the hotel. Uh, it's like a, it's like the sheriff of Nottingham, like a it's kind of an amusement park, but it's a really shitty one. It's just like in a in a warehouse, oh. 
And basically, it's like the guys just kind of push you around on a thing. It's really, really bad. And it's like it's nothing that you miss, but it was like really like from the seventies or something. We have these like wood carving, uh, <laughs> animo- animated like robot guys. It's like. I will pull the bow and shoot it at you now. And it's like this terrible looking guy where he goes, whoosh, gong, and you see the the arrow stuck in the wall, mm. but it's always stuck there. You know, it's just kind of like this really bad amusement park thing. And then like in Scotland, they have some castles there. I saw like I always, you know, I went to a couple of castles, like numerous different countries because mm-hmm. castles are cool, cool to me. So like, I made it a point to see something like I would Google the town. What's there to see here? And I would go find something. I, you know, with uh, some of the guys like, uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke and I would, he, he takes a lot of pictures. We, we went to Hawaii, which, man, that place is so awesome, Hawaii. <laughs> and we went surfing, so I went surfing in Hawaii with Shinsuke. No we, kidding. We, yeah, we both surf. And, uh, Do you surf as well? Yes. In Baltimore? Um, Ocean City, Maryland. Gotcha. Two and a half hours away from Baltimore. Gotcha. Not big waves. <laughs> that's what I'm used to, not big waves. So I get to Hawaii, and uh-huh. I'm just, just, man, I'm, I'm falling off everywhere, you know. Just, but Shinsuke, he did my podcast a, a year and a half ago, and he loves surfing. Yes. That's his whole reason, raison d'être. So he, is he a pretty good surfer? He's awesome. I wish I was <laughs> half as good. Like so he would get up and go, and you would just fall in? Yeah, I would just yeah, <laughs> just wipe out, wipe out. But I mean, but when you catch a wave, it's like getting knocked down, getting knocked down, and then you catch a wave, and you're like, it makes it all worth it once you catch that wave. Surfing's fun. I don't know if you've ever tried it. It's, I tried it a few times. I'm not really good. I do like weight, wakeboarding where you have the paddle. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It's kind of a, like this like training wheel surfing. Yeah, I do, I do that too. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't do it all the time. I try to like get good at it, right, right, but right. It's, yeah, I don't have the waves like they do here in Florida or, uh-huh. uh, or in Hawaii, which was huge, you know, but it was fun. So we did that. And like, I, so every now and then I'd hang out with him and, uh, Rudy Charles, uh, Dan Engler, referee. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd get, him and I would go sightsee a lot. Now, like I, <laughs> he, um, it's a funny story about him. There's Airbnbs people stay at, so everybody used to make fun of him because before me, nobody would stay. Like the referees, like him, he gets there early, leaves late, and I like doing that anyway for for any show. So I'd start a ride with him, and I was like, dude, I'm not doing Airbnbs. You can, you know, we can share a room. <laughs> so I traveled uh, like the country, and we'd see we like we went to. The field of dreams because it was near the t- like the town we were in or whatever and just it's just stuff like that man I loved it but that Airbnb is actually a pretty good uh, pretty good deal right <laughs> I've never <laughs> stayed in one he's tried like you're in someone else's house like <laughs> you know I, like there's no but they're not actually there though uh sometimes they are they <laughs> like he was telling me stories he's had breakfast with people like. Like that he didn't know, and just like I, I couldn't do it. There's probably different levels, I guess, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. So I mean, you, so you took a real, a real good advantage of your of your WWE yes. experience and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing, right? News gets out that you've been let go. Mm-hmm. What's the reaction from um, like wrestling fans, uh, WWE fans? First of all, when you were in the WWE, what did you think of, of the fans? Were people very? Oh, well, I, and and this is I'm not trying to be cliche. Like I love wrestling fans. So you, you you do music and wrestling, and to me, music and wrestling fans are the most passionate yeah. fan, and you get the best of both worlds because yeah. you do both and the worst. <laughs> yeah, but I don't mind that. Yeah. So I and I've been called every name in the book, and I've never minded a word of it. Like you know, they'd say something about me on Twitter, and I'd share the tweet and get them right back, and people would share those burned and all. You well, know. Which one would you like? I like the uh, turtle without a shell. I thought was pretty funny. Oh yeah, I just I, sometimes I would help JBL with his lines. <laughs> he, like he would jokingly say, "Ellsworth, I'm running out of things to call you." I'm like, "Well, just 
Call me a garden gnome that got ran over by a lawnmower. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I didn't care. Like, uh, yeah. and so wrestling fans that were at first when, when you know I'm the guy that's not signed yet and all like right. they're really behind me. They're like, let's get this guy signed to get this guy signed. I think they felt kind of funny when I was like beating AJ Styles, even though they were all goofy wins. But to them, they're like, no, that's our favorite guy ever <laughs> right. from the internet. And right, right. So I think they're like, ah. And then, dude, like with the Carmella stuff, like which, I, like again, Carmella was. Of so fun to work with, what a sweet girl, like just awesome. She's very new to wrestling still mm-hmm. to this day. I think she's only been wrestling three or four. Wasn't her dad a wrestler too, or something like he, that? This is crazy. So he was an enhancement talent in the nineties for WWF, mm-hmm. and Scott Hall's first match at WWF was against her dad. Do you remember what his name was? Paul. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Paul Van. Dam or something? Mm-hmm. Not Van Dam. I'm thinking right, but it's Paul something. Paul Van Winkle. Google it and let us know. Like, Razor Ramones, Jericho. Yeah, you Google Razor Ramones <laughs> first WWE yeah. ma- or match. It's against him, and and uh, so I don't know how she was about wrestling growing up. Her dad did it, but you know she she was a uh, Patriots cheerleader, and she did like I think she told me it was like a little bit of dancing with Rihanna, backup dancer. Like so, she's had like a cool life for like I think mm-hmm. she just turned thirty. Like mm-hmm. she's a Patriots eater with Rihanna right. and now a wrestler. Like, wow, what a cool life at 30 you've right. lived. And she's, dude, she's so, I can't say enough how sweet she is. Like, at first I'm like, man, this this chick's like, you know, very attractive and like she she looks way cool. The, the gimmick fit perfectly. I'm just, look at what I'm wearing now. I'm wearing free clothes, free WWE hoodie, free. And she always looks so cool and always, she, I like when she dressed you up in the hip hop clothes. Yeah. Great, yeah. So, you know, the stuff with Carmella happened and like, you know, so it's like the stuff with AJ's long gone. And then once the money in the bank stuff happened, like the fans hate, like even mm. like, like it worked everywhere because it's like, Man, you just took away that moment from the girls, and you don't do that. It's the first ever women's yeah. ba- uh, money in the bank, and it was ended off by a guy. Uh, and that, to me, that's why you do do that. That's heat. Yeah, you create the buzz. Then they had yeah. to do the second money in the bank, which she ultimately won. Like, I interfered in that, too, but she ultimately, like, Becky took care of me, and she ultimately uh, won in order. Yeah, on her own. On her own. Yeah. And, uh, what was her reaction when she found out you got let go? She, uh, she called me right away. Like, so I literally... Maybe a minute and a half after I got off the phone with Carano, like I'm sitting in my basement in my house. Like I'm going upstairs and told anybody yet or nothing. I'm sitting there and like again tears. And I I I, I don't care to admit it. When I got signed, I cried. Mm-hmm. When I got let go, I cried because mm-hmm. I care. Mm-hmm. Like I I loved it there, and I I was so appreciative appreciative of it. Like and I hope people there know that. Like I just loved it so much. And I'm very passionate about. It. So I'm sitting there and I'm like bawling and like. What the hell? Like, and then phone rings and it's her. I'm like, she must know crap. Like, and she's like, James, oh my god, I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Like, just being the sweet girl that she is. And I'm like, I'll be. I was like, I'll be all right. I was like, I was okay before WWE. I'll be okay after. I said, this, it hurts. It stings, but it's life. Life's not fair sometimes. And and I get that. And <clears throat> she stayed on the phone with me until I was ready to get off. Like, that's how very cool of a person she is. Mm. And we've. You know, we text almost every day, and I, I you know, and um, I'm just, I'm, I'm still like, you know, by the time I don't know when this is going to come out on the internet, like maybe she'll cash in by then, and I, I'm, I don't know what, the, you never know what's going to happen with those cash ins. Mm-hmm. It's whatever Vince wants that day, I That's guess. That's the true story. And I, I hope she cashes in and wins the title because she, I mean, she's worked so hard. Mm-hmm. She keeps in good shape. She, she tries to get better with every match, and I've seen it. I was out there. I've probably, so I'm with her for 11 months, and we were on all the live events, 
and I call them live events because that's the word you have to call. Them. They're <laughs> yeah. like, I, dude, I loved learning that, by the way. <laughs> so house shows, no, they're live events, and and the the belt is a title, yeah. and, and and dude, it's I, the WWE universe, yeah, they're not fans, <laughs> yeah, dude, and I actually loved all that because. It just felt like we had our own vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, like, it's the truth. There was Vince's words. Exactly. I, so I like learning the, the, the verbiage <laughs> of that. So, But yeah, now she's like, we still text every day. And I, I think, and I, I know I have a friend for life in her. And that's important. Yes. Uh, and and you know, here's another thing, too. You have a, a lot of friends and you have respect from your peers. That, that, that's not easy to get. Right. And, you know, that's a pretty important thing to have. Yeah. So I didn't want to read Twitter and like my friends, you know, like, like just my buddies are sending me like, man, look what Ziggler said. He's, you can tell he's sad for you. You're like Scott Dawson from the revival who I hardly knew. I met him a few times. Like he put up a nice tweet, just a little conversations. Him and I had must've tr- struck a chord. Like, and AJ sent me like, like the sweetest text. Like he, he just, it, it was something like, Man, you this this is not your fault. You did everything you were asked to do. You did it well. He's like you and I made some memories together. He said, "Hold your head up high. You you did you know, and and mm-hmm. you'll be back. Just remember that." He said, "This this is just for now." He mm-hmm. said, "Don't let this get you down." He's like, "You're a star in the business now. Like you you're going to make money and like and he just." He was like, sent me that text of like, yeah. you know, keep your like. Makes you feel better. It, it, it Makes does. Makes you feel better to know that people care. Yes, yes, very much. And like, I, I, again, like, I, I don't think I meant, made any enemies in the locker room. Like, everybody was so cool and so fun. I was like the goofy little dude that, like, you know. But you got respect, like I said, that first night we go back to it with me and Rollins sitting there kind of snickering at this weird looking little guy right. who then at the end of the night is like, this guy knows what the f- He's doing. I like this guy. And that's why I called you that night. And 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 Seth and all the guys were like, this guy's really cool. Right. And that, that's and again me thinking I got too comfortable there. I remember saying to somebody, I was like, man, I've been I've been doing this 15 years. I just don't want people thinking this is a fluke. Because mm-hmm. and I think it was taken the wrong way. Like I think they heard it of, oh, I've been wrestling 15 years. This ain't a fluke that I'm here. That's not at all the way I meant it. I meant it like, man, I've been doing this 15 years. I don't want people thinking mm-hmm. this is a fluke. I want to work hard and like and just show like I, I belong here. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt like, man, I need to prove that I belong here. Cause like, you know, I am the oddball. I am the guy that's that doesn't look like anybody else. I don't look like Chris Jericho or AJ mm-hmm. Styles or something. Like, so I, I, I just always, I, I just cared. I didn't, I wasn't there going, Oh man, this is great. I'm just going to enjoy the ride and whatever happens, happens. Like, the radar, it's a party. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I, I was like, cash the checks, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not me. And I, I can't be that. And if that's my biggest downfall, then so be it. Cause I can't be that. Like, I love this business so much. I loved this business before WWE. I loved performing in bingo halls and, and boys and girls clubs and, and just using the art form of professional wrestling to like, you know, uh, put smiles on people's faces. I love it, man. Like I do. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'll be 33 in a couple of weeks, and I'm not at all, like, ready to just quit because I lost my job at WWE. No, 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 but here's the thing, though, dude. In, in, in the world that we live in right now, there's a whole army of guys that are choosing not to go to <laughs> WWE and making big money. I mean, yes. basically, at this point, I'm one of them. But you're talking about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay and all these dudes that are, that are doing some, some damage now you come off, you said, AJ said, you're a star in the business. You come off this crazy run. What's the reaction been from other companies and promoters now that you're out so, there? So, like, I took a day where I just, like, was took a long walk and all that. The day I got released, the next day I was like, all right, well, 
you know, I got three months to do this because, you know, they could do the 90 day severance deal. pay or whatever. Yeah, yeah which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. thank you. Like, <laughs> and, uh, so I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, I can't take bookings to after February 12th. That's what I was told. So I'm like, well, I'm going to make, I'm put on my Twitter, uh, book Ellsworth at gmail.com. It's a new email. Like, so I put it up and I didn't open it for a day. And I, I kid you not, Chris, this was humbling. I open it the next day. 106 booking requests <laughs> for one day. I counted them. 106. <laughs> That's crazy. And then, uh, of course, some of them are just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Come do my birthday party. Yeah, or, or can you do my podcast that's not Chris Jericho? <laughs> and I think I remember telling you that. So I, I did get offered to do some cool podcasts. Yeah. And I was like, no, like it's it's got to come full circle with Jericho. That's great, man. You're, Thank you. You're the one that at first said, I need to get to know this guy. I need to put him on my podcast. And I'll never forget that. Like, I don't forget things. Man. Mm. Like, I... If someone took care of me, I'm always, even if it's in a small way, I'm going to take care of them. I just, I, I just believe that there's like in this world where it's full of hate, there's got to be some kind of kindness and some kind of brotherhood. To, there is, there is, and yeah. So, I'm so 106 bookings, and obviously you filter out, you know, 30 percent. Let's say 70 bookings, 70 people out there, 70 promoters, mm-hmm. and you said February 12th. So, what's the game plan now going forward? Well. The game plan now is just, uh, man, I want to make a living off wrestling still. And, dude, like, that's, I want to try to take this 16-month run that I was given, and I want to work in the wrestling business the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that uh, hopefully I get back to WWE someday. But until then, like, I'm going to figure out ways to make my living in, in the wrestling business. And like you said, people are doing it. The Young Bucks you brought up. I remember just like, dude, like they got those shirts in Hot Topic and they're selling like crazy. They got the hottest selling shirt in Hot Topic. So I remember like, on like car rides, if I'm not driving, I would just think of stuff like that. So I'd hurry up and DM them. And I remember, I'm like, dude, like you guys, like how cool. Like you're not, you've never like had a contract at WWE and you're making this awesome living, not a 40 or $50,000 a year living. You're making six figures. Yeah. Not being in WWE, like, good for you. Like, I applaud that. I think that is awesome. It's like, and, dude, I remember he hit me, like, right back. One of the Young Bucks was like, man, yeah, you too, dude. Like, yeah, I'm, we're, we're happy for you too. And, like, it's just a cool bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. never met each other. Like, a cool brotherhood type thing. Like, and, and not getting to specifics when you talk about those books, where some of them are some pretty big, reputable, reputable, reputable. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, yeah, they some cool ass companies. <laughs> yeah, they're, well, I'm going overseas a lot. It looks like nice. uh, in March. Like, and those those are like found bookings. What I mean by that, they're during the week. So, like, you already get to the, the weekends easy. Like to get booked on the weekend on the Indies. Uh, like, so during the week, like I'm going to the UK for four days in March, and then I'm going to Australia for four days in March. Nice. Like, so those are like eight bookings in March that are just you know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you fly home Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, and it's cool, man. That like, I, like, dude, like that's WWE. Gave, they gave me that opportunity to make a name for myself, and you know, luckily for me, like I, I took it, and I ran with it, and I, I did good, and now this, this is gonna, you know, be good for a while. I don't know how long it'll last. In the Indies. I'm gonna work my butt off to make. I want to make sure it lasts the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know how. Like, dude, like you've re- reinvented yourself so many times. Like, but I, dude, when the Kenny Omega thing came out, I, we were in the UK, and I remember I was like, I gotta text him because like, that to me it's just so smart you, you've done so much stuff at wwe and i know you love wwe and i know you have a good relationship but to me I, i'm thinking and you can correct me if i'm wrong i'm like 
you had to go, man, what can I do next to create a buzz? Mm-hmm. And, and that's Kenny, what it's all about. Keep, yeah. keep, keep fans guessing and never knowing what's going to happen. And that's what I love about being such a surprise. Because I heard from everybody in the WWE locker, like, holy smoke, we never saw this coming. This is great. Like, I created a buzz just within the company. Yeah, and I was like, man, I, was, <laughs> I remember I had a text you. I was like, dude, this is like. How did that go around? Did someone say, did you hear what happened? Or did you just kind of read it yourself? I like, I, well, we were. Uh, I think we were on like one of those uh, buses. You take, you get off the plane, you get on the little buses, so it. everyone's on it. And I'm looking at it, and I see the promo with you and Omega mm-hmm. with the picture, and I'm like, and I'm like, dude, like I think I was the first one to see it. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you see this? And everybody's looking at it, and and then you know, like it's just it was so cool to me. I was like, this, <laughs> I was like, he did it again. Like yeah. he did because like you've done so much in WWE, and I'm sure you'll be back someday. But like this, like. Just something out of the ordinary. This you haven't done. But that's the idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, but and, and and the good news is, as as we wind down here, James Ellsworth is actually your real name. Is that your middle name? Right? Yes. First, uh, my first name is James, and my middle name is Ellsworth. So they can't take that from uh, you, dude. I'm, I know. And I remember when I signed. <laughs> I will say it was like one of the office people were like. I was signing the paperwork, and I made sure to sign it as James Ellsworth Morris, which is my name. He's like, well, why did you put your gimmick name? I was like. That's my middle name, but I, I will say it was, but the, his face was like, mm, you can't take it yeah, from you. It's my name. Like, I guess you own your name, huh? Like, uh, yeah, I would trademark Chris Jericho, but, but, so but, but I, there's a lot of IP that I don't own. Y2J, I don't own. I don't own the list, stuff like that. But Chris Jericho is mine. Right. That's all you need. That's all you need. The rest is just window dressing. I can think of new stuff, or, but Jericho is mine. Well, if the, if the list could work, you'd probably, he'd probably give you a run for your buddy because it's so over the list. Like, <laughs> I, know, it, right? it's so, I, just, I just put the list in a, in a light-up jacket, and I I've got the, uh, the better thing there. Last question for you, dude. What, what uh, was your favorite uh, match or moment that you had in the last 16 months in the WWE? Man, that's... Oh, there's a few that stand out for you. Very tough. So, recently, like, I, well, I got to wrestle John Cena. It was quick, but that was cool. You're in the ring with the top guy in the business. Yeah. So, that was cool. But Becky Lynch, who I love, what a sweetheart she is. So, that my last match was against her. And, dude, like, I, I had wrestled in so long, like, where we, like, actually did stuff, like, st- step over and leapfrogs, and, like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 I was nervous, not scared. <laughs> I was right. nervous going into that, and she's like, oh, you'll be good, you know what you're doing, da-da-da. And we went there, it was fun, and, like, dude, so, I, like, I bring this match up because it was my last there right now, and, but I remember just being in there, and I was just having fun. Like, I wasn't worried, and I wasn't, and I was just like, this this is fun. Like So that's probably the most fun match I had there was with Becky Lynch, because mm-hmm. it was just, like, I, I, like, while I was in there, I was that was just me having a blast. Um, my favorite moment, I really, there's two of them. One where I got the two and a half on AJ for mm-hmm. the time, just the crowd just doing the holy shit. Jan, they they believed like, that you could win. Yeah, and, and just for that second, right. like you took their disbelief, yeah. and you know, it, even if it was for that second, you took it from them. Like and they, they believed. And then the money in the bank, dude. Like, like just I remember like trying to wake her up. She just took it a power bomb from Becky off the ladder, and I, I pushed Le- Becky out of the ring off the ladder or whatever. And I'm trying to wake Carmella up, and I remember just looking up at the briefcase. And the fans just all, like, I, I could just see them all just standing up. They knew what I was going to do. And I have a theory on that. Like, they're all, like, and I look up and I look at the fans are doing the Daniel Bryan, yes, yes, yes. I think to me, they wouldn't be the climb ladder, grab it, and take off with it. Mm-hmm. I think because when I dropped it to Carmella, that, and which was perfect, because that's where the heat was. Right. They're like, oh, he just gift wrapped it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, to me, I think they wanted to be, like, goofy, be like, grab it and take Run off away, with it. Yeah. Like, what's he going to do with yeah, the damn thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, but yeah, that was, you know, and then again, back to the Becky Lynch thing, there hadn't been an intergender match no, no, for years. I think, and it was a quick one. The last one might've been Heath Slater and Lita when Lita like came back. Not like yeah, yeah, yeah. A one, and that might've been 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, and I'm not saying this because you were the best intergender match, and look it up on the WWE Network if you yeah. haven't, was you and Christian yeah. against Trish Stratus and Lita. That was like, uh, <laughs> I yeah, love th- those, were, those were fun matches to do, but like you said, the fact that you got to, to bring that back, I was, I was, uh, thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. But like you said, man, you had some great moments, but the, but the best is yet to come, man. And this is what I'm excited yeah, about I to see so, yeah. how you parlay this newfound stardom and this, this ethic, this work ethic that you have to continue along down. Yeah. Your road, man. Hopefully in, in a year we'll be talking on talk is Jericho That's again and something else crazy. We'll find out what's been going on. Dude, yeah. I'm glad you came down here today, man. Oh man. Yeah. It's Anytime. And you've always been great to me and I've always appreciated. Hey, man, I'm that. proud of you. Like I said, like I know how you're thinking of one side of the coin. I'm on the other side of the coin. Going, but damn, my boy Ellsworth did it, man. Good. Well, my mindset at the end of the day, man, that was, the most fun I've had in my life was the 16 months from that July until November, July 25th of 2016 till November 15th of 2017. That was, that was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Like I, everything I did there, like going overseas and being a part of WrestleMania, we didn't even touch on that. Like I got to be a part of WrestleMania, which like real quick before we go, like, so you were there at WrestleMania, you had a match. Like, so all day we had tents. Like we're in Orlando was terrible. So yeah, no, like so it didn't feel like WrestleMania to me. It all didn't bit. feel like WrestleMania. It's one of my least favorite WrestleManias <laughs> as far as backstage accommodations. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Camping World Stadium. <laughs> yeah, there's no locker rooms there. No, they had us in in like like I felt like I said this like a Serbian refugee camp. It's like everybody's in these tents and there's so, bags and guys lying everywhere. So yeah, like hot as hell. Yeah, dude. So all day I'm like, man, I'm trying to like. Tell myself, man, this is WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania. And I can't get there until I walk through the curtain. I see the 75,000 people. And I'm walking down where Carmella. And if anybody goes back and watches it, I'm like looking at the crowd the whole time. Like <laughs> I, it, it became WrestleMania right, to me. Yeah. I was like, wow. So yeah. that was cool. Dude, behind I, the scenes, it wasn't. But as soon as you walk right, through the dude, crowd, and I, yeah. and I, like, I appreciate everyone that's helped me there, everyone that I've worked with there. Like, I have not a bad word to say about anyone. I, I love the whole time and I'm not just saying that I really feel this way like I loved it all man and I can't wait to hopefully do it again someday absolutely man thanks dude thank you alright James Ellsworth has come full circle and he's a busy guy he's all in demand right now and you got plenty of opportunities to see him in the ring in his post WWE career he's already got a bunch of dates booked including February 16th at ACW you can get that at uh, AdrenalineWrestling.com I think that's in the, the Maryland area February 17th he's going to be at Havelton Pennsylvania February 22nd Bar Wrestling in Baldwin Park California February February 23rd, Big Time Wrestling in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, February 24th, SWF Wrestling in New Jersey. February 25th, NTW Wrestling in Tawana, Pennsylvania. How you doing? To see where else James is going to be, follow him on Twitter at Real Ellsworth, on Instagram at James Ellsworth Wrestling. And uh, also make sure you go check out his Pro Wrestling Tees store. It's ProWrestlingTees.com slash 
Ellsworth. He's everywhere, man. He's bad. He's nationwide. He is James Ellsworth. What a great guy, and I'm very proud and happy for him. Uh, and speaking of dates and tickets, you want to see Ellsworth? I already mentioned those dates. You want to see Fozzie? Well, we're in Europe right now as I'm doing this. We are in Hamburg tonight at the Mayor Theater. It's going to be great. We kicked it off in Paris at the Olympia. What a great gig that was. People just going nuts for the Foz. Uh, supporting Steel Panther. What a great tour. Perfect mix. Perfect package. We're continuing on uh, tonight in Copenhagen, Denmark at the Vega. February 1st in Oslo. February 3rd, Tilburg, Netherlands. February 4th, Oberhausen in Germany. The 6th is Munich. The 7th is Luxembourg. The 8th is Stuttgart. The 9th is Zurich. And then we head over to Spain for the first time ever. February 11th, Barcelona. 12th, Madrid. 13th, Bilbao. So uh, lots of great stuff happening in Europe. But also, don't fret, we're going to be back in the States. The Judas Rising Tour 2018 continues February 28th in New Orleans with Through Fire, Santa Cruz, and the Dark Sky Choir. Go to FozzyRock.com. Check out all the information and come join us for the Fozzy VIP meet and greet as well award winning world famous we play um a little mini concert for you. Play some covers. Play some songs you're not going to hear later in the night. We take pictures. We sign autographs. So come hang out with us at the VIP meet and greet. Those tickets also available at FozzyRock.com. And you can come hang with Fozzy on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. We set sail October 27th. And for as little as 150 bucks, you can reserve your cabin at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And remember, once you book your cabin, the price includes everything. All the events are all-inclusive. They're free. All the concerts comedy shows, live podcasts, meet and greets, autograph signings, uh, Sea of Honor uh, tournament, comedy shows, like I said, everything. It's all there for you. And it also includes your food. Only thing you got to pay for aboard the ship are alcohol and gambling. And you'll be able to hang out with everybody that's on the crazy roster of guests, including Jerry, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, Jim Ross, SoCal Val, Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Rey Mysterio, Raven, Keeping it 100 with Conan, Disco Inferno, Shane Helms will be there. Beyond the Darkness with Tim and Dave telling some scary tales. Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa doing their hilarious, unprofessional wrestling show. Don Callis and Paul Lazenby doing Killing the Town Live. Brad Williams, Ron Funches, Jim Brewer doing some hilarious comedy. Jim's also going to be rocking with The Loud and Rowdy featuring Steve Brown, PJ Farley, and uh, Joey Castanella from ZO2. Busted Open is going to be there. LaGreca will be there. Phil Campbell, The Bastard Sons, their new album, The Age of Absurdity, just came out. Go check it out and watch the video for Dark Days out now. King will be there. The Stir, one of Atlanta's great rock and roll bands. Uh, the Dave Spivak Project. Speedwheel will be here. The Cherry Bombs, the Darlings of Rock and Roll. Shoot to Thrill, the world's best ACDC cover band. Blizzard of Ozzy, the world's best Aussie cover band. We also got Ring of Honor. That's right, presenting the Sea of Honor tournament aboard the ship. Matches happening in the middle of the ocean. And the winner of the Sea of Honor tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship shot in the future. Young Bucks will be there. The villain, Marty Skrull, the Briscoe Brothers, Dalton Castle, Frankie Kazarian, Adam Page, Chris Daniels, the American Nightmare Cody, don't call him Rhodes. Cody's wife, Brandy Rhodes, will be there. Uh, I said Kazarian. I said Chris. Who else did I forget? Oh, so, oh, Jay Lethal will be there. Also, we got some new signings coming up soon. They're going to blow your mind. Uh, there's four potential suitors that are going to fill out this talent. One from rock and roll, a couple from wrestling. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I can't wait for you to hear it. Actually, another, uh, well, I don't even going to say it. I'm just going to stop right there. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Book your cabin now. We are filling up every single day. Cabins are selling. It's going to be a great time, and I want you to join us. ChrisJericho.com. Uh, sorry, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Don't forget to check out the new video for Painless. That's on YouTube now. And don't forget to go to ButImChrisJericho.com to watch the funniest thing I've ever done. Uh, uh, but I'm Chris Jericho Season 2. Uh, speaking of funny, speaking of having a great time, 
Coming up Friday, it's pour some Phil Collin on me. Uh, Phil Collin returns to talk as Jericho, talking all things Def Leppard, Walking Dead, everything in between. Phil is a great, great guy. He's going to be here on Friday. So we'll see you then in the meantime. And in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy!